Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is Politics Done Right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program for you today. You know, every year I go to Netroots Nation. It's a group of all the bloggers, activists, writers, uh, politicians of the progressive persuasion. Every year we have this huge meeting where we discuss policies, etc. This year I interviewed, as usual, a whole lot of folks, 40 people. So over the next a uh, few weeks, I'll be bringing you some of those very, very impactful interviews, interviews that it's not about giving hope, but about what uh, progressives uh, must do, what progressives are doing to move forward. Well, folks, we're back with Politics Done Right, live from Netroots Nation 2022, and I am honored to be with Rob Call. He is the editor and the owner and the publisher of Op-Ed News. And uh, thank you so kindly for being out here with us today, Rob. It's a pleasure. Look, let me, let me, let me first tell you, um, you have a message for progressive writers, for writers in general, about your site. Why don't we talk a little bit sure. about that? Well, Op-Ed News has been around 19 years. We've reached as many as 800,000 unique visitors a month. We reach almost every country in the world. We've published over 100,000 articles. And one of our main messages is to help people who are activists, who are engaged in, in projects to make a difference to get their message out. Mm -hmm. So we love to see articles come in describing projects, describing protests, uh, whistleblowers. Mm -hmm. uh, we won an award uh, for, for supporting whistleblowers from the whistleblower community. And so I invite you, if you've got a project that you're working on, whether you're an individual or a group, to submit an article about it or a series of articles about it. Uh, some of our topics, we've got a thousand articles on them, like uh, election integrity before mm -hmm. the Republicans grabbed the term. And uh, so we basically want to help you. We, it's free. There's no charge for it. You sign up. You submit your article and we'll publish it and then give you some exposure and uh, get the word so you can get the word out. Uh, please. Uh, it, it's an it's an important site. I, I uh, published there as well. So, I mean, I think uh, it is. Look, if you want a, a good progressive site, actually, I say progressive site because I guess a lot of most of the folks there are progressive. It's but, a mix. But everybody goes ahead and um, and write from just about every ideological perspective. Well, you know, we, we 
I founded it for as a progressive, wanting to get a progressive message out. But we get some libertarians who have some ideas that are that work, and right. you know, I try to keep an open conversation dia- and dialogue right. going. Uh, so we get some stuff that not everybody agrees with, but I think it's really no, important that, to have a, yeah. a safe place to have conversations. So I'll publish some things that I totally disagree with sometimes, because I know that our readers are going to comment on it. And right. if somebody's saying something that is antithetical to progressives, then okay, like some I won't, but some I will, especially if they're like less frequently discussed. And then our readers are going to come in the comments mm-hmm. and they're going to straighten it out and they're going to give answers to, to that other people can then use to help to have conversations about it with the people who advocate for these. And that is opednews.com. Opednews.com. So folks, don't forget to check out opednews.com. Now, I want to talk to you about something else, Rob. Uh, you, you, you told me, do you know, Egberto, there is also author author how do you authoritarian. say authoritarianism between within the democratic party and i said uh really how so rob why don't you talk a little bit okay, about that well, you know i wrote the book bottom-up revolution so right. i spent a lot of time thinking about and having conversations about bottom-up versus top-down thinking right authoritarianism of course is very top-down thinking there are two kinds of authoritarians mm-hmm. the one authoritarian says I'm going to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. The 99% of authoritarians are, please tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, frankly, there are a lot of progressives and Democrats who want that. I was in a panel today, and it was a well-intentioned, good panel, but they're, they're basically looking to legislators to make all the changes happen. And that happen- Give me an example that you... In, 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 are you saying they're try- that these folks are trying to delegate... Uh, the responsibility. They think that the solution to making change happen is to elect people. And right. it, it absolutely is. That's the inside uh, politics yeah. Yeah. game. Okay. But the other side of it, and this is where I think a, a lot of progressives just stay. They right. just go to that place. But the other side of it is, you look what just what, what just happened in Sri Lanka. Right. They threw out that government. So fast. And yeah. it was the people who did it. Right. It wasn't elections. It right. was the people who did it. Right. And we have the power as people to come together and cooperate with each other. Right. And and this is a bottom-up way of doing things. Well, you wrote the book on bottom-up. Uh, yeah. The bo- what is it? Bottom-up bottom revolution? Bottom-up revolution. Right. Yeah. And, and so... The power of bottom-up is just incredible. Humans evolved to, to, to be bottom-up people, to interact and relate in bottom-up ways, and we forget about it because we get stuck. We go to school in authoritarian school systems. We go to churches and synagogues that are all authoritarian and patriarchal, and we get our brains get narrowed and, and formed, so that's the way we think and that's the way we see the world. But it isn't that way. Right. And we have power that we're just not tapping, and we need to tap it, and we need to remember it. And when we think, well, we got to elect people, yeah, yeah, you got to elect people, but you got to do a lot more than that. We got to come you together, we got to cooperate, we got to act collectively. Right. Now, the collective is a concept that right wingers despise. Right. They, they, they think collective and they think communism. I think collective and I think we the people doing things all together. Right. And that's what we need to do. And so every time there's a problem, we've got to think, how do we do it within this system? And how do we push and how do we make the change happen outside? And if you don't have both, you're not 
doing the full job of addressing the situation. Now that you're speaking like that, I want to almost promote your book right now again. So let's do let's do that. Sure. Please do. <laughs> well, I I did a radio show for about 12 years called The Bottom Up Show. And right. I, I, I started seeing that there's bottom up is a way of doing things that applies all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and I learned that humans evolved to be bottom up in the way that their neurophysiology functions. Right. We evolved in small hunter-gatherer bands. Right. And we evolved to have what I call connection consciousness. Right. We're all connected to each other. We're all connected to the environment and our ecosystems. Right. And if you don't think that way, then you're not really connected to everybody else. And I think that it's essential that we remember that. We lost that when civilization happened. And civilization created hierarchy. It created control. Right. And, you know, civilization came with the control of animals and land. Uh-huh. And when we did that, we gave up our freedom. And, 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 but that's how humans evolved for six million years. We've had civilization for 10,000. Mm-hmm. Six million years of evolution so that we lived collectively, cooperatively, and then civilization has forgotten it. You know, you got religion, which en- enabled power and hierarchy, mm-hmm. and we need to just really get back to the other way, and we can do it, and there are lots of ways to do it. And in what I did in my book is I interviewed Hundreds of people, I narrowed it down to 110 interviews with people from Bernie Sanders to Rianne Eisler to uh, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter. Right. Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist. And so I talked about Internet, but I also talked about economics and community because there are different there are top down and bottom ways, bottom up ways of approaching community. And uh, there's simple solutions and we forget them. And we've forgotten so many of them because civilization came along and changed everything and changed our focus. But we can do this. We can make it happen. And people are making it happen. Like there are non-hierarchical management styles now. And it's just a different way of thinking. And it starts with connection consciousness. I interviewed you on on your bottom-up a revolution book and i can i can tell folks that i you know you ought to be impressed with that and i i agree with you wholeheartedly we all have to look from within at to actually be able to work from without so i am with you on that 100 percent. what would you have liked me to ask you that i didn't i think you did a great job thank you well rob call the publisher editor and everything that runs well, up Ed News. We've got about 30 volunteer editors, so yes. it's not just me. Okay. It's a crew. I, 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 I think, and you've been involved for a number of well, years. Well, I, I love Op Ed News. I've been with Op Ed News for a long time now. So, I mean, and everybody knows that because it's on my bio. <laughs> anyway, thank you so kindly, Rob. Thank you. For being here with Politics Done Right. Welcome to another edition, a live edition of Politics Done Right from Netroots Nation 2022. Look who I found. I'm honored to be Mark Thompson. Hey, man. Man, talk to me. Before that, introduce yourself to my audience. Well, uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Netroots Nation, the place where we've been able to come together for a number of years. Uh, The largest convention of progressives in the country. And the first time we've been able to do it since COVID and do it in person. Uh, my name is Reverend Mark Thompson. I'm the host of Make It Plain, 
uh, where you can get wherever you get your podcast. Many of you may remember when Make It Plain was on Sirius XM, but we're a podcast. In fact, if, if I had known podcast is so big yes I mean, it's such a big it's, thing. it's a big industry now if i had known i would have left satellite years right. earlier right uh, as a matter of fact you know my talk show was the first talk show ever on satellite radio and right. people told me don't do it it's crazy nobody's going and uh, that was a good call but right. i didn't make a good call on podcast i didn't get in front of that one i just didn't see it right didn't, didn't see it coming well you know the truth of the matter is i'm uh, as, uh, as a couple of people have already told me remember if you do a podcast and you do videos, you have the entire market, right? Because what happens is people want to listen to you, and every so often they want to see you. They want you. to see you. That's right. You know? That's right. So That's you right. give them both worlds. Yeah, right, right. So, so, no, it, it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. But, man, it's good to see you, and it's thanks great, for great having to see me on. You, man. But tell me a little bit about your new show or, well, or, well, your, or your moved show. Well, you know, as I said, and it's still we're still doing a daily show. Right. Um, and as usual, we talk about all the political issues of the day. All the things that are urgent and all where it it intersects issues of race and culture and sexuality and and, and gender. Um, and man, look, um, you know, to to have foreseen the impact of Donald Trump. Right. To take this whole thing backwards. I mean, we are going in reverse. Right. And uh, but each day it, it, it gets worse. I mean, it never stops. Um, um, he, he he's the gift that keeps on giving in terms right. of, of content yeah. <laughs> and, and analysis <laughs> and what's really taking place around here and what people need to be aware of and be mindful of and be careful. Right. About, you know what I mean? Yes. Now, let me ask you something, because I, I, I personally feel that Donald Trump ma makes a good scapegoat. Right. Mm. I think there are powers behind Donald Trump that 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 is beneficial to some folk that are really silent. It's beneficial to move us back. It's beneficial yeah. to have us fight in each other. It's beneficial to create this crazy thing that we deal with so that otherwise some in power. Can, what's your thoughts on that? Well, not, of course. I mean, he's not what he's doing does not just benefit him as an individual. Right. But I think we've seen the um the regression or the degression right of the right wing in the republican party and and where did it really begin it really came in in earnest in recent history with reagan thank you now i, I mentioned that in my book there yeah. you go another was let's look at it look at trump you look at reagan right two celebrities bad hairstyles <laughs> Uh, not really bright. I mean, Reagan was just red script. Exactly. And and he was pretty bad. And, and but it's interesting, those who were Reagan acolytes um, would say that Trump is crazy, mm -hmm. and they're not into that. But he's just the next. It just it just progresses. Right. And let me tell you something, man. I haven't forgotten W. People, you know, people forgotten about W and his father because Trump is so bad. Right. But they were pretty god awful too. Yeah. Um, so it, it's no different. I, it, the, it, it, the only real distinction is Trump is louder. Mm -hmm. He's 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 less discreet um, in terms of the loudness of his ignorance. Right. Um, and and he is narcissistic. He's got some other 
Um, he's got some other issues, obviously. Yeah, some daddy issues yeah, as well. Yeah, he's know, got a lot of issues. Love me issues, you know. He got a lot of issues, um, uh, and and probably some mental illness and some other kind of illnesses. Yeah. You know, if y'all go online, it's y'all. This is gonna sound crazy, but I love to talk about this because it makes it, it. I think it's funny. There's a one uh, clinical theory mm-hmm. about Trump is that he has untreated uh, tertiary syphilis. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's that's what. <laughs> yes. I, Google I, I it. Google it. Yeah, Google yeah. it. And then when you see, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the. the, yeah, they, 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 you remember they, what they did in the. What yeah. You call it, in the uh, yeah. But Tuskegee. I don't. Yeah. But I don't know the, the, the symptoms or the side effects of syphilis. But when you read this, like, yeah. wait a minute, this dude is really kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. In fact, I um, in 2020, I said to several of the presidential candidates, uh, accuse them of having syphilis. They were like, oh, we can't do that. I said, but think about it. The only thing that got to Trump in 2016 was the little hands. Remember, he obsessed. You remember that? Yes. He couldn't get over it. And he kept promoting it every day, talking about it. I've got, look at these hands. Do they look little? Real. So imagine if you say you have syphilis for the rest campaign, all you would have heard him say was, I don't have syphilis. I don't have syphilis. And he would look even crazy. But but anyway, all all jokes aside, uh, this, we thought, man, the January 6th committee was hitting home runs. Right. I mean, just turning pages. Now, there's a whole nother thing that doesn't even have to do with January 6th. Yeah. Bro, let me tell you something, man. If, and I mean, we're not criminals or nothing. Right. But if somebody called us and said, hey, y'all, we packing up the White House. What do you think we can take to sell or do something with? I mean. We'd be we, in jail. No, but, just, but think about what you would think yeah. of. You might think about paintings. Oh, oh. China. <laughs> Who would ever think about taking top secret nuclear information? Who do you or I know or anybody in here know? I asked Marcos the same question that we could sell or give nuclear information to. We don't know that. Now, we know we, we know people buy some paintings right. and tell some China. We can go out here on the street in Pittsburgh and yeah. buy, sell some hot China. Yes. But nuclear information, the only person who could do something with that is someone who was a, who was a professional spy. Yes, yes, yes. We wouldn't even know who to call so that lets you know, and it also says something about the seriousness of it, because Garland didn't want to do that. Garland right. did not, you know, he didn't, we was loath to come after the guy. Everybody was thinking, well, let's prosecute him on January 6th. But if this guy is actually selling uh, military intelligence, from nuclear, our, yeah, our, our own dude, secret stuff, yeah. Dude, I mean, that's like what. Um, now, Marcos is funny. He seems to think that Trump's not even that bright. He probably likes, you know, he likes to flash it. Look, mm-hmm. I got nuclear codes. I got nuclear codes. I uh, don't even. It's probably too dumb to even figure out how to try to make money off of it. The 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 stages of espionage right. begin with useful idiot. That's exactly. the, the low level. Right. And that's what Malcolm Nance and others. We all kind of speculated he was. Yeah. But I heard Malcolm say that. Yeah. yeah but you know what idiot. is interesting, Mark? I mean, I think. That you're right, first of all. I mean, or, or I think Marcus, when Marcus says he's too dumb to think about that, but I think you're right in respect to it's not about Trump. Uh, Trump knows what he has, but other people know what Trump has. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those other people would use his, what did you call him? The useful idiot. Useful idiot. Useful idiot. Right, right, right. To actually promote those things you know so i mean i i, I don't I, I don't see any difference in, in 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 that whatsoever now uh tell me a little bit about what are your plans going forward and now you have your your new podcast that now that you've left left serious right right well uh, uh, i'm doing I've what seen I'm a lot of programs by yes, the way. Well, you've been you, on uh, you've been all on all the good shows really hitting it up thank you brother in fact i think i saw you with uh, uh, uh roland martin giving oh, yeah. him a hard time <laughs> yeah yeah we, we yeah we have fun but 
I, just doing what I always done, you know, still very much involved in, in the in the activist work I do. Right. Um, and, and a big fight now to see if we can get H.R. 40, the reparations bill passed, right. get that out of Congress and, and get the president to sign it. If, if they, and if Congress won't do it, to get the president to do it by executive order. Still dealing with this um, uh, police violence. Right. Um, in fact, I'm doing a, a workshop next week um, for several local organizations. Uh, all is interesting. As we look at Roe, mm-hmm. the the issue of abortion rights is now back in the states. It's right. now a local issue. But but ladies and gentlemen, the fact of the matter is, all of our issues, all of our politics is really local. Exactly. Because it is at the local level they decide to do the redistricting and the gerrymandering. Right. Is at the local level where they decide to determine what is taught and not taught in our right. schools. Uh, and it's at the local level, most important, my brother, Alberto, where police are governed. Yes. There's no federal. So when I go into places, people honestly think, unfortunately, and, and this is social media is good, but it's also bad. Right. People think that we're going to tweet an end to police violence. So what I do, I go in some of these local communities and say, no, no, no. You have to organize here. And to, we went to Akron. Jalen Walker shot 60 times by, right. the, uh, by the police. Right. And, um, you know, the community was torn because it's so small. Everybody knows the police chief. Right. Everybody knows these officers. But see, the fact of the matter is, if it were as small as it appears to be, that would never have happened. Right. We have to make our community smaller get in the faces of some of these politicians, yes. let some of these politicians who we may have known for years say, even black ones, right. even black ones, right. if you don't do something to, to help us reform the police department and establish civilian oversight, then you got to go too. So I'm, I'm still doing much of that work. Um, that is important work. In fact, I, I think it is time for us to take back command, not take back, to take command of police, we have to remember the genesis of police. Anyway, that's right. That's right. right. That's right. So uh, th- th- this was a sl- this was a slave running thing, and they seem to continue that same behavior too often, including and you you mentioned including some of the the POC ones, black ones, Latino ones. That's right. That's they right. sort of act like the police force too often, much harsher on 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 you know people of color themselves. Now, um, anyway, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? Oh man. Uh, well, first of all. How are you doing, man? How's I'm doing fine. I mean, you know, you know as well as I do. This is very hard work, but you know, it's work that we believe in, work yeah. that we want to do, work that we want to make sure uh, get gets out there. So, as long as we, what I try to tell people, Mark, is we have to, as progressives and as 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 this band of brothers and sisters out here, we have to work together and realize that one plus one is five. In other words, <laughs> you work alone. And, and that's what I try to build. I try to build relationships with everybody. I say, hey, right. now that I know you have a podcast, Mark, I'm going to be promoting the whole hell out of your podcast. <laughs> right. I want you to do the same yeah, for course, mine and the same of for course. other. Right. Because what we have to do is the only way we get the message out is when they tune out of politics done right, they tune into yeah. your your Mark your Mark. What is make, your, make it plain. Make it plain podcast. Right. right. I got to know that. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you have to. We got to know that Marcus has a new podcast that he's starting to do. We got to make, you know, make it known. That's right. And uh, I'm at KPFT Pacifica Network on air as well. And it's interesting because one of the things that we said we need to do to make sure other folks know about other programming is so that they stay with you. 
we don't want them just listening to you and then going to right. a Rush Limbaugh lookalike. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And 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 obviously too, we still have. Well, I mean, the good news is the Rush Limbaugh's Rush Limbaugh's gone. No longer with us. And so that kind of ends the era, I think, of the the dominance of mm-hmm. the airways that right. they once had, and that never should have happened in the first place. Right. But I think we can get that back, and I agree. We we should all be listening to and sharing information. Right. But most importantly, and I know you do this, those of us who share information on all of these different shows and platforms, um, we we have to be giving out thing information that empowers, exactly, and information that assigns, right. So that people are not just listening for the sake of listening. Exactly. We're not ha- here just to try to be celebrities, but instead to be a source and a resource where people can go and get information and then go out and act. I and love that. I mean, you just, that's the most important. Not talk statement. radio, but do radio. That is, that's what yeah, I say. That's the most. Do radio. Brother, that's the most mm-hmm. important statement. After they listen to you, they must feel that they can go out there and right. do something. And do something. And do something. Mark, Thank you, brother. It's been my pleasure. It's an honor, brother. It's Good to see you, honor. man. Congratulations right. to you. Folks, you all continue to check out Politics Done Right. Support my brother here. He's been in here and fight for a long time. Thank you, my man. Thank you, brother. We'll talk. All right. Welcome to Politics Done Right, live from where again? Netroots Nation 2022. And I'm here. Actually, I'm honored to be here with Esther Charleston because Esther has done something that actually quite impressed me. Esther, tell us a little about yourself. And welcome to Politics Done Right. Oh, it's an honor to be here. So yes, I moved to Vermont three years ago uh-huh. and ran for political office, and I was top vote getter. So I am a Middlebury Select Board member, and what that means is my town we don't have a mayor. Right. We have seven people who are elected and make decisions for the town. Right. I am one of the seven. And I, I tell you what, and I, you know, my I'm very frank with my audience. Yeah. And uh, all of the time they know me. Uh, you know, I have a very diverse audience. Uh, and um, we talk about Vermont and, and, and we talk about America and all of that. And I was just so impressed to see that in, in, in such a, a very white state that is that is not at all diverse, that someone like yourself can go into that state and because of who you are, win an election. I think that is something that needs to be that needs to be taught. You know, I, I mean, and and one of the reasons I wanted you on as soon as you told me that story, it, no, I, I am serious. It is you. We have to teach everyone how to adapt to an environment where they can actually be their their better selves and perform. Yes. Talk to me. So I just always had the intention to make some place home and to be an active member of my community. Right. I have two children and I was like, wherever I call home, I will make sure that I'm a part of it. Right. So I sought out opportunities to be a part. So I did that by joining a church, by meeting different people. And then it was a friend of mine that told me, hey, we have the select board. I said, select what? I don't know what you're talking about. And she mm-hmm. said, why don't you consider running? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. And I wasn't afraid to lose. Right. I wasn't afraid to have the answer be no. And I put my heart and soul into it, and the answer was a resounding yes. And I understand that you were the top vote getter. Yes, this past March, I was the top vote getter. Now, how did you feel after doing that in a Vermont? I 
Honestly. Honestly, I was I was so proud. I was proud because I thought about how hard my parents worked. Mm -hmm. They are Haitian immigrants came here looking for a better life. Mm -hmm. And I thought about my ancestors, my family values, and how I can make a difference. Right. We can make a difference if we want to. You know, I think it's important. We we have to understand the problems that we know uh, our hue creates. But at the same time, we should never make our hue be an impediment to moving forward. That's what I saw when, when you came and said, hey, this is what I did. And it was like, wow. So, I mean, uh, first of all, thank you for that. Now, tell me a little bit about what would you tell others that they should do, uh, you know, to get, I mean, not to forget how things are, but how to make how things will be. Yes. One, I think it's important to do the work in yourself. This is right. hard. Mm -hmm. Putting yourself out there is hard. Being secure in who you are. What you're about is so important. And knowing that there's hope. Mm -hmm. Believing that there's hope even if it doesn't seem like it. Because if I were to tell a friend of mine, I'm moving to Vermont and I'm going to run for political office in three years, they would look at me and say I'm crazy. Um, I'm a political guy. I would look at you and tell you you're crazy. <laughs> but I said, you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm right. going to honestly talk to people right. about my experiences, listen to their experiences, and be there. Meet people where they are. And because I did that, I met people where they were, and they heard me. And they said, you know what? I wanna. I want you to speak on our behalf. And I said yes. You know, I, 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 I was just kidding because I live in very, very red, in a very, very red Texas, in a very red, red area of Houston. So, no, I believe exactly what you just said. I was playing when I said I would have said you're crazy. What I would have, what I would have told you is I go get them. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would have. I, I really. And, and, and seeing, seeing you go get them. And I don't mean go get them in a negative form. I mean, go get them in a positive form in that I'm going to go do what I need to do for my country community and people and, and generally speaking I think people see that and I think because they saw that is the reason why you were elected I honestly think the reason they see that is the reason you were elected so um, give me a closing statement well I said a closing statement because there's one other question after that okay. and it goes like this what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't it's always one that that knocks people so I mean don't feel too badly that you had to pause for a while Mm -hmm. What's your why? My children. Great. Knowing that I can be a part of something bigger and set up generations that come after me. Esther Charleston, yes. thank you so kindly for a wonderful interview. And keep up the good work, Governor Charleston. Yes. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right live from Netroots Nation 2022. Today I'm honored to be again with Samantha, Samantha Booker. Booker. I remembered I was just <laughs> giving my pause, Samantha. Sorry. With Samantha Booker. Samantha, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing good. I'm uh I'm, I'm my voice is getting hoarse from talking so much. I'm sure yours well, is the same. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I know I've seen you doing the rounds all oh, yeah. over. Well, anyway, what we want to discuss today is 
your new program. It's called Shire. Explain to our audience about Shire because it's of importance. Totally. So I, um, I'm a former uh, federal campaign manager. So yeah. I've, I've, um, I've managed a congressional race and a U.S. Senate race in Iowa um, back in 2020. And when the pandemic hit, we... You know, everybody went to this work from home situation right. for for like companies. Right. But political tech didn't catch up with that. Right. right. So if you're trying to volunteer, um, less people than ever are comfortable doing that in person. Right. right? Um, and so so a lot of campaigns have started trying to get people to volunteer some very successfully uh, remotely where they right. come in and they can help send text messages or make phone calls or even fill out postcards at home and send them back. Right. And, um, and that's that's super helpful. Um, and, you know, the more volunteer uh, energy you put into a campaign, the more likely it is to succeed. Right. Every phone call is maybe a new voter, right? Right. Well, and so, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, so, no, please. So, um, right now, um, there are a couple of really critical races in the country, right? Like we have John Fetterman here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, uh, Raphael Warnock running down in Georgia. Right. Um, and, and, and these are like the, the control of the Senate hangs in the balance of right. whether or not these campaigns can, can achieve. And victory. why is this imp- personally important to you that we hold on to that senate right yeah now. well i so i am uh i'm a trans woman mm-hmm. and uh i i uh, obviously under uh the previous administration um and even now across the country you can see rights for trans and lgbt folks getting eroded right. every single day right. in state legislatures and in in in, in regulation and, and so on even under a democratic administration and it will be so much worse if the gop retakes the Senate, retakes the presidency, that sort of thing. So, so you understand the urgency of why yeah. one must succeed in holding all and in, in, in creating a process in which one can really win elections. Tell us a little yeah, bit more. For sure. Yeah. So so right now, um, like I said, with if you go to, let's say, John Fetterman's website, um, you know, he's running an awesome campaign. But one of the things is, is that the technology isn't there to support this, this, the big, you know, online, like digital volunteering. That you told they me a story doing, right? and you gave me an example. You said, uh, they go to the website. They they sign up to volunteer. Yep. Somebody may get an email, yep. if, uh, and then it gets into it's a like, yeah. It's like hitting a brick wall, and 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 then if you do, you know, manage, you get an email or something, they get you on a Zoom call or on a, a training. Right. Then you have to kind of get the learning curve of all the technology that you have to use right. to do those phone calls and make those text messages, right? Right. And Slack, as and as useful as it is, or like Microsoft Teams, things like that, right. are are great for if you're working at a corporate job somewhere, right? Right. But as a volunteer, you're usually either a college student or, or typically we have a lot of folks that are like retirees that are not, you know, maybe they're not as tech savvy, right? right. As as uh, somebody that can make that stuff do backflips that's that's doing it in the corporate world, right? Right. And so we've built something that is that is easy enough to, for anybody to use. It's, mm-hmm. It feels and, and works a lot more like social media mm-hmm. than Slack, which can be really overwhelming to a right. lot of people. Now, how does that integrate to, let's say, a, a politician who already has his website ready to go? He or yeah, she yeah, has sure. their website ready to yeah, go. Yeah, so they can, they can um, you know, we're launching in September. They can mm-hmm. sign up and uh, get their um, get their, their Shire uh, instance set up, and um, they can put it on uh, their website. So, like, volunteer.johnfetterman.com, right? Right. Uh, and they can... We can have our onboarding module there. People can sign up, and then they go straight into the application. And the organizers that are working on that campaign or other volunteers can actually talk to that person right on the oh, spot. Also, in other words, once you uh, once you'll give them their own URL yep. attached to their domain, exactly, yeah. and then they come into you and um, or or ours on theirs, yeah, exactly. Or you, yeah. And, and now now this software is running on, on uh, in a cloud on your platform, Correct. I imagine. Yep. Where all the logistics occur, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's also, um, you know, we've got, we've even, it's, it's, it's honestly better in Slack in some ways for this use case because 
we we have things like end to end encryption. Right. So you know, if you have bad actors that are trying to get at messages, you, good luck. They, right. right. Exactly. Because, again, it's it's actually it leaves leaves encrypted has to be decrypted. Yep, at the exactly. Other end. And so you know, and it's a seamless experience for the volunteers and for the organizers. Right. It's, it's easier because you can. Um, you know, you have a, a central place that you can organize all your all your volunteers that are. So, uh, what would you like? Uh, what the last question that I always ask is: What should I have asked you that I've failed to ask thus far? Oh, um, that's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that. I think um, I think we pretty much covered like the, the basics of it. I just think that like the, the main thing that you know we, we're we're trying to do is something that impacts every campaign right. and also also a lot of organizations and nonprofits right. too um you know the the bernie sanders campaign in 2020 right they had 72,000 people right. volunteer remotely online and right. in, in, in their slack but they had to use a free version of slack because they couldn't afford the half a million dollars they would have had to pay a month right to run that corporate software for, so for that volunteers corporate software was 72,000 people trying to get into one slack account mm-hmm cost would have cost a half, half a million, million if, they, if they got like the full-fledged a thing month. yes that's right yeah right. yeah and we are obviously not going to charge that. yeah no god god no so yeah, yeah. well well look uh, thank you so kindly of samantha course. for bringing that to us yeah because yeah, I, mean, I, I think it is important that uh politicians and people that are running good people mm-hmm. that are running know that they have tools that they can actually enhance their volunteer base yeah, totally. because uh, without enhancing the vo- the volunteer base is generally the largest portion of any it's, it's everything of any especially election. for progressives and, and for democrats and and i think that the the other thing is is that um for for folks that may not even be working in campaigns if they right. want to if they want to to help with this um we're actually doing something called an equity crowdfunding campaign right. so what that means is i think the minimum investment is a hundred dollars and you can actually own a piece of Shire right. yourself as a progressive, as someone right. who wants to support this work. So. Progressive values. Thank you yep, so absolutely. kindly, Samantha, yeah, for being for a part sure. of Politics Done Right. Yeah, you bet. All right. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Today we are here with Chris Maker. Chris, how are you doing today, my friend? All right. All right. You know, I think it was very important that you're here because, I mean, I just heard your voice at registration and I said, that's the guy that is... Do we, he should be here at Netroots because he's representing the entire American economy. <laughs> I love that. I which, love that. which is all of us. This is what the right wingers don't understand. It's all of us. This is, these are real Americans. This is the real American economy. Well, look, Chris, um, one of the reasons that I kind of drug you here after we met is that there are a lot of people that are coming to Netroots. I mean, I've been here over a decade. We, we do this every year. And what I like to do is I like to talk to the participants and ask people why they're here, what brought them, what turned them on to this whole process. So why don't you first tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I'm here because I'm representing a company that uh, deals with data, political data. Mm-hmm. Um, we have contracts with the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives to supply um, data on their constituents and how best to communicate with them. So we've been to a lot of conferences. Uh, We go to the American Association of Political Consultants, um, but we always love Netroots. Right. Because even though um, we, we have a contract with Senate and House offices, 
to how best communicate with their constituents. Do we sell to everybody? Because we don't sell to the politicians. Right. We work for the people in the districts and who's ever in their offices. Right. But when I come here, I enjoy much more of what our company can do in the way of making progressive change in the country. And that is what I like about here because that's that's the whole purpose, right? Getting a whole lot of minds that together, I mean, you, you won't have one person that has all the answers, but if you sit in a room with a hundred progressive activists, bloggers and uh, bloggers and writers, there's a lot to learn, right? I think it's just as soon as you get here right. and you look at people yeah. and you say, there's a lot more of us than we ever thought. Right. And we never get a chance to talk to each other. And right. that's exactly what goes on. And like with our company, it is basically taking, I, to reduce to bullshit cliche, state-of-the-art right. technology that right. goes to um, some of the you know Senate offices and House offices to progressive groups and campaigns. Right. And it means that there are other people like me that are here at other companies that can put the progressive agenda on the same playing field, right. if you want to use that cliche, right. with the same technology that the right wing and all the people with the money have. Right. And the reason, and when I'm here, people don't know this is available. And there's other companies like us that don't know this is available. And we all kind of, we all meet up and uh, we come out of here often with relationships in um, other meetings on better ways to communicate all our messages. So that's the importance of Netroots Nation. And again, we've, we've been virtual for the last two years. I've hated that. And I know it's great that we're here. Some of us are masked. Both of us are wearing it's okay to hug. It's okay to hug. Because, I mean, we haven't seen some of these folks in a long time. Some feel fine hugging, some feel fine elbowing, and some feel fine stay the hell away. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to see a couple of people. I don't know if they'll want to hug, but, you know. But they'll be here. But, but anyway, they'll be here. Look, Chris, I just I, give me some final thoughts before we end here. Um, we're on a real um, inflection point in the country I right now. So too, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it seems that there's almost... A strange point in history people have pointed out throughout history people like even like harry truman um said that the, you know there are certain points in american history where it's just people have gone psychotic whether it was the know nothings yeah. you remember that yeah. yes and it yeah. was the same thing it was the other it was these people were destroying exactly. them but then there were catholics back then too yeah. when they did that that's the camera not that okay <laughs> Okay, they were Catholics. It was even Catholics back then. And, you know, that gets back to the Supreme Court and um, with, with abortion and these Catholic justices are turning over the, the whole country to an evangelical church when well, the founding fathers decided that there was going to be no religion because they were they were trying to get rid of Catholics. Right. In interesting enough, what, what we find, um, Chris, is that uh, what the right wing is doing is because they don't have the majority of the population, they are in fact using the Supreme Court as yes. the non-democratic, undemocratic portion of the 
of the system. But Chris Naker, hey, my pleasure. You man, keep it up. Right. Thank you, my. Pleasure. I really enjoy this guy. All right, we have. He a... helps me out a lot at work. You know, I, I right. can sneak away and go and listen to him. It works out. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. You take care, and I'll see you around the I'll campus. See you around the campus. All right. We're here at Netroots Nation 2022, Pittsburgh, PA, Politics Done Right. Once again, coming live. Today, I'm, I'm honored to be with Adam Green. Adam Green is one of the co-founders of Bold Progressive. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing okay, doing okay. Well, look, before we even get started, what I'd like to do is learn a little bit about the person. Tell me a little bit, who is Adam Green? Who is that? That's such a complicated question. I know, that's the reason yes. I ask. Well, first of all, Adam Green is hilarious. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Now, Adam Adam Green. That's interesting. Um, you know, politically speaking, right. Adam Green had his uh, foundational moment in South Dakota, right, many years ago on a campaign where um, I was just this, this novice political person who happened to stumble in this situation, right, where little guy family farmers were attacked by big corporations, right, and part of my job during the campaign was to talk to them and help them express themselves at these press conferences. And when I learned that year was that these very pro-life, pro-gun, evangelical, lifelong Republicans mm -hmm. were willing to cross party lines and vote for a Democrat if economic populism was at the center of everything. If, wow. we, if we fought for the everyday little guy. Right. And, and um, that really is the ethos that I think I live my life by, including right. my political life. Like, let's fight for the little guy and help everyday people stand up to big corporate power. Now, you said it was a political campaign. Would that have been Dean's campaign or whose campaign was it then? Well, it was actually a couple years, I think, before that, it was Before, 2002. Okay, there's a guy named you. Tim Johnson, right, who is running in a 20-point red state, right, it, uh, the year after 9/11, right, uh, where Demo Democrats got decimated, and right. we ended up winning that year by 524 votes because we fought for everyday family farmers who were at threat of having their farms taken over by big ag monopolies, right. and um, yeah, I think that's the recipe for political success for and Democrats you know something, right now. And I think I think that's what bold progressive tries to do. You try yeah. to. I, I hate to use sometimes it. Sometimes when you say educate, it seems a bit condescending. So you try to enlighten folks to uh, how best to address their particular yeah. population, correct? Yeah, I think that that's right. And you know, I think part of what you're the solution to is a very broken conventional wisdom right. in Washington. And you know, it amazed me during the healthcare fight in 2010. Right. As we were advocating for the public option, which mm -hmm. was by far the most popular provision of the initial yes. bill, right? Even New York Times polling showed that 50% of Republican voters wanted it, right. let alone like 70% of independents and 80% of Democrats. You know, basically a, a nonprofit entity to compete head to head with private insurance right. and create some market forces that bring down costs and give people a better deal. And all these reporters would say to me, why are you asking these Democrats in red states to walk the plank on this liberal issue? Right. And again, I just think back to the South Dakota moment. It's like, this is not out of touch. This is in touch. Like, if, if we want to get past some of the cultural divide issues in these red states, the way to do it is to lean hard into economics so that people rally to our side. Right. So that just the conventional wisdom, the guidance telling them, you know, the educating, right. telling them, don't do this. It's too liberal is actually right. giving them very bad political advice, right. which then leads to us losing elections. Right. So I think part of what we're trying to do at Bold Progressives is say, hey, basically run on Elizabeth Warren style populism. Right. If you want to win in red or purple areas, not just blue areas. You know, I've seen you on a few of the network shows and I've seen how they've twisted that message several times and they do it all of the time. Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of progressives that go on to the national network, sometimes I think believe that these that 
that these guys just don't understand. I think they understand just well. I just think that how do you how do you talk about a public option if uh, if Aetna is, a, is one of your major advertisers? Please explain to me. I don't know. Maybe I don't know something. How do you how do you accept what Adam Green is saying on network TV? And I'm not put it. I'm not saying anything bad about these guys. Mm-hmm. They we all have you know who we we we're due to. Yeah. But how could they listen to your your message and and say okay? Yeah, I think it's a great point. It's why I say you're part of the solution, right? And the we, corporate media is fundamentally broken, right? And whether you're generous or non-generous in you know, the motives you've uh, you know ascribed to them, it is just a fact that there is not a corporate accountability lens in our media coverage. When bad things happen, the root causes, which often lie in corporate misbehavior, right. are never talked about, right? right? Like like the the BP oil spill that happened back in the day. Like, where's the accountability? Where was the conversation about, oh, it was this company skirting loose regulations and knowing that there wasn't a cop on the beat right. that allowed them to get to the point where we're polluting the planet, right? And I remember during that moment, I was thinking, like, I'm recycling. Right. How much recycling will I have to do in my lifetime to undo this corporate malfeasance? And that was really never a topic of conversation. It was just like, oh, there's a crisis. Oh, we fixed the crisis. But it didn't really define the root cause of the crisis. Right? And, you know, I, I always talk about what corporations do is they, you know, they pollute, they do other things, and then... They charge you yeah. uh, to, to clean up the pollution in the long run. They charge you yeah. for the health care that you have to get for the pollu- caused by the pollution. I mean, it's, it's a vicious yeah. cycle that I think if we had media, I mean, we have spokespeople already. You make a hell of a spokesperson on all these issues. Oh, thank you. The problem, however, is that we don't have a media that, that spreads that message out. When, when I go out live, I go out through one channel that expands into 10 channels. Yeah. One channel to 10. That is what the media is supposed to do to your voice and the active voice of every progressive in here. So my question to you uh, takes, takes it this direction. When are all our leaders in the progressive space, you and many others, are going to see a reason to really promote these types of independent media and let the big boys come to you on your terms? I think that is a key question. And, uh, you know, I think if things had gone different in the 2020 presidential primary, right. we would be in that environment now. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I hope that President Biden is successful at the stuff that he's trying to do. Right. But there is a culture question that comes with who we elect as president and right. eventually, you know, Senate and Democratic leadership in the House and Senate, um, you know, there's, there is kind of a 1994 old school thinking right now mm-hmm. in most of democratic politics, in part because a lot of our leaders are so old. Right. Nothing against actually, them. No, no, actually, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi and, all the, and her right. whole gang are right. in the 80s. Right. Like, why do you, you said the big boys, why do the big corporate media mm-hmm. get to ask all the questions at the White House press conferences? Exactly. Right. Um, I mean, weirdly, I mean, Trump had a bunch of right wing media in the room yes. <laughs> asking questions, which yeah. allowed. You know, him to frame the message that was then put out through the corporate media. Right. right? Um, I do think that if we get a progressive movement president, and again, unfortunately, there's a seniority system which often gets in the way of this, but in the House and Senate, I think if we have progressive leadership there, you know, Nick Pelosi does press conferences every week. Right. Who is she calling on? Right. Who is she prioritizing? People, yeah. Who is she invite, inviting into the room? Right. I think if you were asking questions, it would be, be a lot different than, um, you know, Peter Ducey. I won't get into the room. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, well, and that, that, that's a whole issue. Yeah. I mean, at least the right wing bring in some of their Newsmax and the yeah. OAN folks into the room. But 
the, the, the small progressive networks that are asking the real questions, they don't get called on or they, they, they are made to believe that, oh, they are right wing fringe. We are America. Yeah. You take a look at Rick Smith and all these guys. We represent America. Yeah. You know, that's who America really is. Yeah. Well, Adam, um, I always um, ask a very specific question that I want you to take as long or as short as you want it to be. What should I have asked you that I didn't? Well, I gave you an obvious cue in the beginning. Well, what's well, the I cue? said Adam Green is hilarious. You didn't follow up on that. Well, you know what? How, you didn't Adam, follow up on that, well, you know my what? friend. I, let me, let me tell I you have what. some things I want to get off my chest. Okay, well, get it off your chest. Get <laughs> yeah. it off your chest. Here, here's something that I've been uh, yeah. thinking more about, which is comedy and politics together. Right. And, uh, you know, for the last month of the 2020 election, we actually hired on contract 10 comedians, some that right. write for late night shows to kind of be a, what we call a, a virtual writer's room. Right. Where we, we would throw them ideas, things in the news and ask them, just think about this and let us right. know if there's anything kind of funny that would kind of cut through the depression and the noise that's out there. I like that, actually. It's a really, I, I think it's, it's needed now more than ever. There was an Axios piece three or four weeks ago mm-hmm. that pretty much said that cable news viewership is at a record low. Oh. Now we can analyze why. I think right. there's a general distrust, mm-hmm. but people are just depressed. They're tired. They're, they're tuning out. You know, they don't need an extra insertion of negative stuff in right. peppering their, their brains. And it even said people are looking for distractions. Right. Sports, video games, whatever. Well, my analogy, I don't know if you're a dog person. I haven't had a dog, you had but a not dog? anymore. Same. same. Um, you're familiar with a pill pocket. How do you give a dog its medicine in a pill form? Uh-huh. You make it look like a treat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, really? It's okay. a little thing that goes around the pill and you give uh-huh. it to the dog and they're happy to eat it. Well, similarly, you know, we've actually taken a few stabs now at comedy videos with some real A-list heavy hitter celebrities, one around Biden-Harris, get out the vote, urging people to vote early in person mm-hmm. when the post office was under attack. The second was around um, the Georgia Senate elections. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, celebrities doing a lot of breaking news hits, right. um, talking about the corruption of the Republican, pres- uh, the Republican Senate candidates, right. which was kind of the key to winning those elections. And then a third one with David Cross from Arrested Development, uh, one-man show, Basically, around the billionaire's tax when that was kind of hot in the news around Build Back I, I, Better. I like the concept. Yeah. And it, bas- and it basically was like, you know, you watch this four or five minute video of him. You learn a lot about tax loopholes. Right. But it's punchline, punchline, punchline. And not only right? that, it's something that you want to keep watching. It's not like, oh, yeah. there it goes depressing again. Yeah. No, yeah. It, bring, it brings a smile to my face helping right. to make it. And it brings a smile to people's face. So we're thinking about, and we're on actually on the cusp of this you know, coming week. Right. Actually filming our first comedy ad. It will uh, also feature David Cross. It will be around uh, David. It will be around Secretary of State races. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will just preview the first line on your show. Let me hear it. it. It will be an interview where someone asks a Republican Secretary of State candidate, "You know, why are you running for office?" Uh-huh. And they, they will say something to the effect of, "You know, Secretary of State counts the votes." And when Donald Trump first asked me to run for Secretary of State, my reaction was, "Pardon me." No, literally, when he said he would pardon me <laughs> <laughs> after going to the insurrection. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'm running, right? Yeah. right? And the thing is that all these Secretary of State candidates actually were at the insurrection or insurrection adjacent. So they need a pardon. They need a pardon, right? <laughs> so we're basically, it's like, oh, ha-ha. Yeah. But it will be threaded with little jokes, but that emphasize, like, we have yeah. these criminal misfits who tried to overthrow the election running to count the votes. Right. That's the core irony right. point. If, if right. people know one thing about Secretary of State, that's the point they need to know, and we want to get across to comedy. So, uh, and you said you, you yeah. funded for 10 of them? Say it again. Did you say you're funded for 10 of them? I definitely did not say that. So go okay. to boldprogressives.org and chip in if you want to help hey, on these things. You heard him. He's, he's, he's asking <laughs> for funding for these comedy skits, man. It's Give really the man important. the funded. Yeah. Hey, let, let me tell you, when you start putting these things out, make sure politicsdoneright.com and some of our yeah. these independent guys are right yeah. up there and come back on and let let's, us know what's going on and, and, and okay. start putting all this stuff I, out. I will just say, we broke some news here. This is this has not, not been public until this moment. So. Oh, you see? PDR Comedy. broke news, guys. That's right. That, that's the way go. it should be done. That's the 
right? It's a little yeah, teaser. Yeah. You got that's it, right. brother. That's right. That's you got right. it. You got that's it. Right. That's the way it's done. That's but right. anyhow, okay. folks, Adam Green, Bold Progressives. Check out boldprogressives.org. Boldprogressives.org. Remember, all these independent progressive organizations, including Politics Done Right, they do need your 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 support if you're going to change america it starts with guys like adam green and many others and folks let's like this. get this done politics done right out you can listen and or watch politics done right mondays through fridays on facebook live at facebook.com slash politics done right or on youtube live at politics done right.com slash youtube please do not forget to follow me on twitter for updates my twitter handle is at egberto willies at e-g-b-e-r-t-o-w-i-l-l I-E-S. But don't you forget, listen to us live on air at KPFT 90.1 FM on Thursdays at noon and at Fridays at 11 a.m. all Central Time. Please remember to keep your community radio station in your minds. Keep KPFT on your mind. Talk about it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them you know about this station in town, 90.1 FM Houston, that needs your support. That is there to provide that nourishment that we need. KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Well, folks, that's it for today. You know how I'm going to end this baby. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage.